from Tobacco Republic in Loomis, California, the Loomis Cigar Cartel presents Beyond the Humidor, a cigar podcast for the rest of us. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Scott Robinson with you once again on another episode of Beyond the Humidor. We're all fresh back from the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival out in um, Denver, Colorado, more specifically Broomfield, and we have a few guests with us, actually a couple. Um, of guests, not a few. That would be three. Couple is two. They're not a couple either, just so you know. I said a couple of guests. I didn't say a guest couple. Just mind the board, <laughs> Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> you see how this episode's going to run, obviously, at this point. Oof. Let's just um, start in from the top of what we're smoking and what we're drinking, and we'll do intros. But since you're so eager to... Because no one's listening to me. I feel ignored and I have to start talking. So why don't you introduce our guest? Hey, remember, I have the power of the mute, buddy. So uh, you know you know the, the man to my far right here from uh, a couple different episodes. That's uh, our good friend and cigar smoking buddy, Roy Bulkelman. What's up? Our, our, new, uh, our new newbie here, first time on the show, is a uh, good friend, been cigar smoking with us for a year, year and a half, two years or so. Uh, he's a realtor. He uh, does everything retired officer. So thank you for your service, ladies and gentlemen. George Noop. What, you almost forgot his freaking name? I caught that. <laughs> it's George. <laughs> you kind of Hey, George. You kind of paused there for a second. <laughs> you have one job, Skippy. Just one job. How much of that McAllen you had already? <laughs> that whole bottle, that whole disappearance is me. Is who? Me, I drank all that. When? Yeah, when? <laughs> if you're going to bullshit me, come up with something that's believable, would you? <laughs> Sheesh. And of course, our resident comedian, Lawrence. How we doing? <laughs> hey, Larry, uh, do me a favor. Start us out with what you're smoking, my friend. I got the uh, Camacho Corojo. Um just kind of one of my go-to cigars. Uh, I love Camacho's lighter stuff, and I wasn't able to pick any up in Bloomfield, so uh, I grabbed one uh, when I got here, and that's what I'm smoking today. Pretty light, um, just earthy. If uh, if that's uh, if that's a description, uh, easy draw, and uh, very very seldom do you have to relight this at all. And, uh, yeah, I just, I like Camacho's line and the Criollo is one of the, uh, one of the better ones I, in my opinion. So, and I'm pairing that with, uh, with a coffee today. So no McKellen for you today. No McKellen for me today, sir. Yeah. It's not, even this is a breakfast. midweek recording. I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Said the man who drinks with me at breakfast. Yeah, that's on a weekend. <laughs> no, cause if I, if I start running the lawn tractor in circles Saturday morning, when I get home, Nobody cares. I start walking in circles at the shop, uh, you know, then it becomes a problem. More people witness that kind of stuff. Uh, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Hey, Greg, what are you smoking? Um, you know, I didn't bring anything from the show on this one, but I've got the Rocky Patel uh, Edge Sumatra. It's one of my go-to sticks in the lounge. Um, you know, Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler. Just, It's just a great stick, and its consistency over the years has been amazing. Right on. And let's um, get over to our guest. Uh, Roy, what are you smoking and what are you drinking? Oh, I know what you're drinking, but let the good people know what you're drinking <laughs> as well as smoking. Uh, Rocky Patel World Reserve. 
uh, one of my favorites out of their line. Uh, the when they originally put it out, the Corojo was a better one, but I like the Maduro. I'm smoking the Maduro on this one, although it is a Corojo wrapper. Um, I don't know why. I'm, I might I might have brought up the wrong thing because I don't have all my notes with me right here. This was a this was a, a spot thing I got. I talked with Greg about yesterday, so I didn't know what I was going to smoke. Uh, great stick. Rocky has always always really has some good smoke. So I got uh, I like the Maduro version. It's just in my flavor profile. And I am along with uh, Scott. I'm I, I'm sampling a little bit of his Scotch today. Uh huh. Very nice. Very nice. George, what are you smoking this I'm evening? I'm smoking one of my favorites today, the Rocky Patel Corho which I really like. It's nice and smooth all the way through. And like one of my go-to cigars is like what uh, Gregory's uh, smoking today, the Sumatra. That's my everyday yardstick. Right on. Uh, I myself, I am smoking one of my favorites. I got a few boxes from the festival over the weekend. <laughs> Shut up, Greg. <laughs> it's the um, Placencia. Um, it's in a gordo size. This is the Madrono from the Alma del Campo line. This baby is six and a half by 58. Um, all Nicaraguan, all the time. If you've listened to previous podcasts, you know I'm a lover of the Nicaraguan leaf, and this is no exception. Um, on the cold draw, you get just a slight hint of um, earth and coffee, and as you smoke through it, um, the flavor profile that uh, Placencia says it is, is coffee and nuts. I'm not really getting the nuttiness, but definitely getting some of the coffee elements um, as I smoke, um, as I drink my Macallan. Not bad, not bad. Well, let's get to the elephant in the room. Like I said, we are fresh from the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. This is our second year doing it. Um, we were going to um, go last year. This would have been our third if it wasn't for COVID. But we managed to attend it this year. Um, a good time was you know, had by all, just a short trip to Grandma's house. And we had all sorts of crazy, wacky adventures as we did. Mm-hmm. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm looking at you because I'm just, I can't wait to mention this story. <laughs> Larry has, you're going to get me shot, has elevated to the annals of pimpdom. My man. And let me explain that. So Larry and I, you know, piled around for a good portion of the festival and um, the drinks were flowing. Let's just say that. So we're strolling along and inside the pavilion area, there's these two pool tables and two very nice looking young ladies. Very nice. Very sweet. Um, they were challenging gentlemen or ladies to a game of pool. You pay like six or ten dollars for however many games, and you know you'd see if you could beat them in a game of eight ball. Well, Larry and I were walking through there, and one of the ladies—I don't know who initiated—who who initiated the conversation. Was it us or was it her? She did. She came up and uh, commented on our uh, on our shirts. Yeah. So she comments on our shirts, and she's playing a gentleman. And all of a sudden, we, you know, Larry and I and Michelle get into a lovely conversation. Very sweet, very polite. And, you know, the gentleman who was playing pool, he looks like, hey, I paid $10 to play a game of pool and you're paying attention to them. Larry. And, dude, I tip my hat to you. Pimp strong and prosper. 
Oh, God. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out his pimp roll, peels off a couple of bills, and slams them on the table. And then we continue to talk to Michelle. <laughs> I was in awe. Hey, every once in a while, you know, it's, uh, I even amazed myself. <laughs> I was impressed. That's for certain. But that was probably one of my favorite moments of the festival right there. And, and situations like this occur because of a couple of things. Uh, Rocker Bourbon, <laughs> who, uh, who brought their 1951 white uh, semi-truck out is their bar. Probably the coolest coolest display piece I've seen in a long time. Oh, without a doubt. And then putting Prost Brewery two tables over from Delirium Brewery. Probably not a stellar idea there, Bloomfield. Uh, that was a stellar idea. Oh, man. So the guys from Prost, you know, we met a couple of years ago. And then... Um, one of the guys that was at Prost a couple of years ago is now with Delirium Brewing, and they're based out of Belgium, if I remember what he said correctly. Yeah, that's correct. And we were back and forth, back and forth. Prost, Delirium, Prost, Delirium. Oop, Rockler, Prost, Rockler, Delirium. It, it was like it was like a pinball machine, man. And uh, whoo. Yeah, so if, Larry, we, if I offended you, I'm 100% apologizing. No, know. no, no. You were good, actually. You just needed, like, minimal management. But you did need some management. <laughs> just a little bit. Minimal management. Hmm. I'm trying to make my way to dinner, and you wanted to talk to everybody. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, let's go to dinner. And he's like, all right. He starts talking to one other person. Then he goes and finds another person to talk to. <laughs> you were on a mission, baby. A chatty Kathy right there, man. Yes, you were. But no, nah, it was uh it was a great trip. You guys, if you follow the podcast at all, you've heard us talk about this trip. You know, getting ready for this one, coming back from the one two years ago. It's uh it's definitely worth looking into. If uh if you've never been to anything like this cigar related, this is the one to go to, in my opinion. Without a doubt, it is. Yeah, I really had a good time. But I don't want to monopolize the conversation. I just had to get that story out. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but I want to talk to okay. our... Um, good? You know, we it's introduced George to um, this festival. George came. This is his first time. So I want to hear a little bit from George about your impressions um, of the festival being your first time. First off, I'd like to thank Gregory and you and Larry for convincing me to go to this festival. And I'll tell you, it was the most awesome time I ever had. And to the people out there, if you've never been to one, go to it. I mean, the people are just down-to-earth friendly, and so are the cigar makers. I mean, it was just awesome. You know, I got to sit there and talk to Island Jim personally. You know, and it was just blew my mind how friendly they were. And when they found, especially when they found out about our podcast and stuff and everything, it was amazing how they were really up to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. The cigar community as a whole, I think, is kind of a different animal than uh, than other specific types of groups. Um, it's just you got a little bit mellower crowd, I think, most of the time. Uh, although there are those cats that wear the kilts, you know, they're they're a little 
They scare me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I got mad love for the kilted gentlemen. I mean, they're awesome. I didn't hey, tell- you, you do realize they want you to wear one next year. I'll wear one. I, I didn't tell no you problem. about dropping a beer while I was talking to him, huh? No, you didn't. What the hell Dude, happened? I don't know, to be honest with you. I got one of my uh, I got one of my cans of Prost in the little can cooler, and it just let go, and it landed perfect. So I don't even miss a beat. I'm still talking. Big surprise. And uh, I bend down, grab the beer, pick it up. I'm on alcohol abuse. I apologize, guys. And the one guy, I apologize. I can't. I don't remember his name. He's got the uh, red beard. He looks at me. He goes, "Hey, thanks for not looking up." <laughs> I was like, "Wow." You don't know that I didn't, but, you know, hey. <laughs> Those cats are out of Omaha, aren't they? Yes, yeah, they are. They Omaha, drove. Nebraska. Yeah, I know. Eight hours from Broomfield over to Omaha. Hey, mad respect. Sheesh. And Mike, thanks for listening to the podcast. I got your message. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. That's mm-hmm. great. Hey, guys, keep on listening. Oh, we've got a challenge coming up. We do. We just have to figure out what we're going to win at so they don't win. <laughs> Uh, Steel cage match? No, no, no. I say we do a drinking competition and we put our best three forward. So that's you, Larry, and Roy. Well, it certainly won't be deer hunting. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That was supposed to be my inside voice. <laughs> you don't have one. Eh. <laughs> so back to George. Yes, George, please. Um. I recommend highly everybody getting the VIP um, package. It's the way to go. Because everybody got almost 80 cigars in their packages. I know Greg and I got 72. And then I highly recommend sampling all the cigars there from all the different manufacturers. Yeah. There is plenty of opportunity, that's for sure. Yeah. And so I've been smoking some out of my bag and making the notes. And uh, Greg was so kind to give us a journal. And so all of us have been taking notes on all those cigars we've been smoking of what we like about it, don't like about it. And I believe in a future cast, we'll be having a big wrap up on that. Yep. Yep. That's, that's the best thing about that kind of event is almost every manufacturer has the, uh, their sample packs where you get either four or five different cigars in a sample pack. The cost is considered for, for us being from California, the cost is considerably lower than what we would have yeah. to pay for cigars here at home. So you're my, myself personally, I'm a lot more uh, in tune to buying something up there that I've never tried. I don't know anything about if you can get, you know, a, a 25 or $30 sampler pack. Yeah. You know, if you get something you don't like, you just set it down the ashtray and move on. Yep, and that, that was so great about it is the sampler packs were only thirty five to forty dollars. Yep, and depending on which vendor you went to, you had four or five cigars in it. Yep, I mean, yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a great it's a great experience. Um, even if even if you don't like cigars, I mean, if you're if you're with somebody that's a cigar smoker, you know, uh, guys, bring your bring your wife or your girlfriend because it's a fun time either way. Yep. You know, it's uh, the Omni's a, a, a nice hotel. They got a nice venue, pool, you know, the whole bit. There's some great places to eat within, you know. Two mile ten, radius. Yeah, 10 minute yeah. drive. Uh, or if you want to venture, you know, the 45 minutes into Denver, uh, there's some great stuff in downtown Denver. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely worth the uh, worth the trip out for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, that. I feel like we're ignoring Roy here. I mean, because this was your first time going to the festival. Wasn't well, it? it was my first time going to the yeah. festival, but you're not ignoring me. Uh, everything that's being said, I I could only just sit here and say I agree 100 percent with everything there. I went in on a different package than they did. Everybody here had the VIP package, I do believe, except for me and my wife Samantha. We had uh, we had the uh, the general admission, the rabble as we call them, uh, the the, the wow. steerage the steerage admission. Yes, we were the, wow. we, we got in an hour later. Do you want a one. puffy white wig and like a you know little blousey blouse? Yes. I don't know why you even had to ask that. And I treat you like the French aristocrat you look like and chop off your head. Wow. <laughs> French. Yep. Roger's not here, man. Uh, true. True. Wow. Frenchie's not here. Anyway, but no, uh, the, even the even the general admission I had, I got we got half the sticks that that the, the VIP did. Our our little pack was also not a not really as quality as theirs. They got a really good backpack out of it. Real, uh, they got different sticks as well. They got some higher quality sticks out of it. Uh, while the general admission got some uh, more general line versus specialized stuff. Uh, I, I do believe some of the CAO stuff you guys got was were a little bit higher end lines versus I got a, I got a standard Brasilia out of it. I have no problem with the Brasilia. The Brasilia is a good stick, but. It's a, just a different experience. It's, yeah. a, it's a different experience. It's not that VIP experience. And so you know what? Next year I'm getting the VIP, t- VIP tickets for myself and my wife, and we're just going to go in a little bit earlier, like with you guys. Just enjoy it at that. You know well, what was funny, oh, if ahead, I may, Scott, just yeah. for a second. So Roy, Roy is out of, out of the group that went with us, um, including our last guest, Tommy. Roy and Tommy have been the most into their bag so far. Weren't you telling me yesterday the first third, first six sticks that you pulled out of that bag all had the Brazilian wrapper? Uh, it wasn't the first six, but out of the first six that I grabbed, four of them had Brazilian wrappers. I'm like, well, I expected on the Brasilia, on the, the CAO Brasilia, but the next one I picked up, Brazilian wrapper. Oh, uh, well, let's continue the trend. I had a Brazilians do that. Okay, these two were Nicaraguan or whatever. Then the last, and last night I grabbed a couple, and it's like, Brazilian wrapper. Romeo's got a Brazilian wrapper? Okay, let's try this out. Macanudo's got a Brazilian wrapper? What the? All right, let's try it out. But it, it just seemed like I was just grabbing Brazilian wrappers out of it. I'm like, going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I like them, but I don't like them that much. Luck of the draw, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, just RNG mm-hmm. right there. But the one thing I'll tell you, as far as, you know, you mentioned the experience, the only real difference, because you got to experience the festival, the only difference between the social, I think you got the social. No, actually, no, general I got the admin. general admin. Oh, general admin, yeah. I got the general yeah, admin. Yeah, the general admin and the VIP is, VIP gets to go in an hour early. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's not significant. It's extremely significant. It is. But once you get in there, you still get the experience. Yeah, so. once, once, a, once midnight, well, not midnight, but once noon hit, Everybody's everybody's the same. Just, there was sub- certain sections that I couldn't go into the the VIP tent. Yeah. I couldn't go into there. Big whoop! If I need to sit down and relax in the shade, I could go inside, grab some shade, whatever. It wasn't a uh, couple of years when a couple of years ago when you guys were there. It was pretty hot and humid when you were hundred plus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was rough because it had rained right before it had, the event had happened. Oh this yeah, year it was dry up there, and it was only in the uh, low nineties. So. I didn't have to look for too much shade. They have water stations there. Delivered. They have water? 
It, it, yeah, yes. The, yes, the, yes, actual, there was water there. There were a couple of water stations. I'll be damned. <laughs> it, 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 you were finding your water in other, other areas. In learn the, learn something new every day. Well, see, that's why I wasn't as jacked up as you, because I went upstairs to the room and pounded some water. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I did that as well. <laughs> <laughs> he just drank more than you did. Uh, but no, it's, I, I, I did that circuit with them as well. They, they pulled me over to, to both Larry and Scott pulled me over to the delirium counter and tell us yeah. about that beer. Oh God, that stuff is awesome. I, I don't normally drink beer. I'm normally a scotch guy, whiskey guy. The occasional beer I do drink is normally a really dark beer, uh, a Bach, double Bach, uh, stouts, stuff like that. This stuff is Belgian ales, which are lighter, but this stuff is like 8.5% compared to the five that we're used to here in California for all our beers. Oh, that doesn't taste like an eight point five. This stuff is, yeah, it's smooth. excellent. It's and what, smooth. what was it? Was a delirium red? Yes, delirium, delirium red. red. Yeah, <laughs> in stereo, it's cherry and uh, elderberry infused, all natural. Uh, no so sweeteners. Yeah, in there's it. no yeah. there's no artificial sweeteners or anything. And honestly, one of the best flavored beers I've had ever. It was great. Uh, that stuff was so good. I actually went to. Uh, one of the big box alcohol Bev, shops that Bevmo, I go to. You Bevmo. can say Bevmo. Okay, I went to Bevmo because uh, I was picking up a few things from over there. And I looked to see if it was in there. And lo and behold, all three of them, the, the Delirium Tremens, which is their, which is their, uh, their standard ale, the, the, Noc, the, the Nocturne, which is their dark stuff, and the Red were in there. Four packs, 16-ounce cans. I went, yeah. Then they had the 20-ounce tall bottles with the champagne cage on the top and a cork in it. Yeah, I'll grab a bottle of that too, just because. <laughs> Larry and I look at each other. It's like we don't have to even say a word. It's just an understanding. Yep. So, the thing that that we noticed about the, or at least Scott and I talked about up there this year, uh, the difference between getting in an hour early and not versus the VIP and the standard general admission. Two years ago. By the time general admission was let in, uh, Fuente was had was just about wiped out. Yeah, they were cleaned out. Unfortunately, they weren't there this year. No, they weren't. There were a couple of vendors that I was disappointed that weren't yeah. there. This year, Oscar, uh, one of one of my favorite cigars from Oscar that uh, our buddy Bob Biles must got me onto is their 2012 Barber Pole. He only brought eight boxes. Yeah, I I'm got like, yep. one. Scott and I both bought a box. Oh yeah, his barber poles were gone by what? Probably eleven twenty. Oh yeah, both the guys that were standing behind us both bought a box. So that's half of them right there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, it. If there's something specific that you want to get, then the VIP may be worth that just to make sure you get there. And that's the first vendor you go to. Well, yeah, because you know, this is the, you know, my second time going. So I knew the vendors I wanted to hit and Oscar was one, um, illusion and Placencia. Yep. Yep. I mean, everyone else is like, Hey, I dug their cigars too, but those were the three I was, I I intended to hit. And there was a new, there was a new vendor that was there this year. For, uh, that most of us, some of us have smoked, and that was Cavalier. Uh, Sebastian was there, and he's a real cool dude. And the one thing I like, which George had mentioned too, 
you go to the event and you can talk to them. There's time. You know, if you want to spend 20 minutes talking to a vendor, they have the time for you and you have the time for them. It really makes it more of a fun experience. Yeah. Um, and then the, the VIP, you know, Friday night, they did a herf, uh, that was drew estates and Rocky, but, uh, a lot of the other vendors were just hanging around. Oh yes. yeah. So, you know, we can recognize Island Jim and, you know, we can recognize some of these other guys and you, so you get, they're not working at this point. They're just they're yeah. having a smoke and hanging out to talk to people. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a great time. This is, this is an awesome event. And, you know, we ran into quite a few people who have, um, who know where we're from and have also listened to the podcast. So let me just give a shout out that I'm really gratified that a lot of people are listening to the podcast. Yeah. Cause we enjoy doing it. Yes. Yep. Now we have a good time with it. Oh yeah. Now, um, one of the um, vendors and they're, they're not a vendor to speak of, but one group who was there, who I truly want to give a shout out to, um, are the, um, veterans, the, um, cigars for warriors, cigars for warriors, um, just an outstanding organization. What they do is they collect cigars and money and I think coffee and jerky mm-hmm. and different things that they can send over to the troops who are in, um, active AOs overseas. And that's their, their priority is, is amazing too. It's active duty in, in, uh, in a conflict or in country. Um, and then they do the ones that are here in the country and reserve. I mean, just, it's a great organization. It's one that I don't know about you guys, you know, the last two visits we've been there, I make sure I throw, whether it's cigars or or money in the kitty for them, because yeah, without a doubt, it's truly a great organization. And, you know, we were supposed to talk to you, but we had a little technical problems because it was just too loud with the equipment we brought. And, uh, I've already shot an email off to you guys. If you're listening, um, to set you up for a full recording with us for our veterans day show. So we hope you can join us. Yeah. That goes for everyone. Cause I yeah. know Friday night we talked to a lot of people about, Hey, we want to get like a little minute or two spot with you yeah. guys. And we figured out very early in the operation Saturday morning that there was too much noise too many people, like Greg said, for the equipment that we brought. Yeah. So um, we just scrapped that. We'd rather have not done it than had something that you couldn't hear us, the questions asked or anything based on the background noise. So we had to shelf that idea, and we'll come up with a better plan for next year. And to be fair to guys, I know that you two got a whole bunch of business cards. Yeah. We will be reaching out to you. We haven't forgotten about you. Yes, we will be reaching out to you within the coming um, week next week. Yeah, we all have regular jobs too, so you know. Yeah. But we uh, we will definitely be talking to you, and we appreciate your support, everyone, every single one of you. Well, as we're talking about cigar for warriors, and I think this is timely as to uh, what happened um, in Afghanistan um, about a week ago. I think right now, I think we ought to give just thirteen seconds of silence to the thirteen Marines who were murdered. Um, just doing their job, a humanitarian mission in Afghanistan. So, gentlemen, if you join me, just a silence for 13 seconds. And I just want to say one thing to all those Marines, sailors, soldiers, and airmen who are here and abroad, 
who stand on a wall and stand watch late at night so that we sleep peacefully at night while keeping our enemies awake at night. Thank you. And to those 13 Marines, Semper Fi. Amen. 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 Now, Greg, if I remember correctly, we were talking to Chris at the, the Cigars for Warriors. He was saying they've already given out 2 million cigars. Was that right? 1.2 million. 1.2 million. Yep. That's and amazing. We, I, I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure what kind of number he was going to throw out. I was not prepared for 1.2 million. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just an outstanding organization. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got family who, who have served and who are serving now. And, you know, when, you know, folks stateside, you know, are willing to do something like that, yep. you know, that's just real, real special. You know, being far away from home and deployments. I One of my favorite cousins, she's about to be deployed to Poland. She's in the Army, and um, she's going to be there for about, I think, 14 months. So she's leaving her husband and her little girl, who's um, six years old, to um, be on station in Poland. and. You know, it just harkens back to the sacrifice that our men and women in uniform go through and the price they pay. So, yeah. I think I just wanted to give an acknowledgement of that. No, I appreciate that, man. That's that's very important. I think during the course of our busy lives, we uh, we have a tendency to, I don't want to say forget, but... Overlook. Forget, yeah, you just, you know, you don't take the time to... To remember, think about, right uh, you know, people in different walks of life that are, you know, putting in a hell of a lot more work than we do day in and day out. Oh yeah, yep, that is for certain. And we will be reaching out to um, the cigars for warriors, and we'd like to do something special for them. We're um, in talks right now, trying to figure out what we can do, you know, to support that organization because, um, as most of you know, we at Beyond the Humidor, we support first responders and we support soldiers. Absolutely. Even retired ones. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That wasn't, that wasn't a <laughs> shot or nothing, huh, John? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention about Chris, too, again, that he is full-time law enforcement and he volunteers his time for Cigars for Warriors. Yeah. Oh, outstanding. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, so I want to give a big out. Thank you for your service there. And to all my fellow law enforcement officers, active and retired. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Blue line. Thank you. So, George. Yes, sir. Not to put you on the spot here. <laughs> and too late. But we, ha- <laughs> <laughs> we have a tradition on the show. Uh, every time someone new comes on the program, they get asked this question. Tell us about your first cigar experience, if you can remember it, and what got you into it. Well, it was called Men's Camp Out. It was about 12 years ago, and a bunch of guys had cigars and stuff, and so I tried one. Uh, just kind of backtrack a little bit of about 33 years ago, I uh, smoked a pipe for 12 years and really loved a pipe, and then I gave it up when my first daughter was born. And so when the time came here 12 years ago to smoke a cigar, I said, fell in love with it and started, and I was just off and on. And then I was working at the Hard Rock Cafe, and Dan, the woodmaker, I got to meet. He was gambling. He was smoking a cigar, and I asked him, where'd you get that? And he mentioned Tobacco Republic, and it said Ron's the owner. said, get a hold of him and talk to him. So I finally made it August of last year, so I've been coming here a year, mm-hmm. almost every Thursdays and Saturdays. 
met a whole bunch of I consider you all my second family. Thank you. Thank You'll you. get over that. <laughs> I've already gotten over you, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> that, that ain't hard. Hey, George, in my defense, I warned you last week. Oh, I know it. I took it in stride, too. <laughs> As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, he fits right in. Yes, yeah. he does. <laughs> wow. But thank you guys for your friendship and everything. It's been great. It's our pleasure. So. Stitch, stitch. What? Were there any uh, roundtable for you guys? Were there any vendors that impressed you? All of them were like, you know, selling cigars, so they all impressed me. Well, for example, um, and you'll forgive me for not remembering the organization. Actually, let's back up a minute. Okay. The one that impressed me the most, um, and that was Larry. Larry uh, knows this group because he's like, dude, you need to buy, or maybe it was you, one of you two. You need to buy a bundle from these guys, and that was All Saints Cigars. Yes. Yep. So, um, when do you want to relate their story here? You know, I'm not completely clear on the story, and we're going to have them on the program. I think we've got their card between the three of us. Yep. But I think they um, they're a young or they're they a young started group. in 2018. Yeah. Their first cigars were were ready to go right about the start of the pandemic, and it everything crashed. Yeah. Then, as they started to come out, they're like, what are we going to do? They realized, and they got back down to, um, and I can't remember if it was Honduras or Nicaragua, where they were, uh, where they were manufacturing. I apologize, guys. Um, they had all these cigars warehoused from two years ago. So that's what was their first release. And both the owners were there. That was the only two guys running the booth that I yeah. saw was the two owners. Yep. Um, super nice guys. Uh, so we all picked up a sample pack from them. I picked up a box. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know you got a box too. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know I got a box either until I opened up my humidor going through the inventory today and said, ah, okay. Nice. <laughs> now, George smoked one of those last night. Yes, I did. And uh, what'd you think? I thought it was really good. Uh, toward the end, it kind of had a little burnt, but I just think maybe I was smoking a little too fast and not blowing through it to let it cool down a little bit. Mm -hmm. yep. But it was mellow all the way through. I would say it would be medium to strong. Okay. Okay. Probably more toward the strong side, but still had a very good taste to it. Did you throw a photo? That was Now, that was out of their sample pack? Yes, it was, yeah. Did you throw a photo up on uh, uh, the cartel page on which one that was? I don't know. If, I don't think I did. I'll have to throw one up. Well, yeah. Let me know which one it is because I, uh, I definitely, I want to look at those and maybe, maybe even do do that as a cigar of the month or yeah. not even necessarily cigar of the month. It doesn't have to be, but everybody, everybody smoking one of theirs, yeah, and and throw a plug out for them. Well, you know what? We were in um, conversations with them. And what we want to do is have them on the program, and we just all for that program, we smoke their cigar and smoke it with them and discuss, you know, their story and just enjoy their cigars at the same time. No, yeah. that's an awesome idea, man. So, I'd love that because those, both those guys were just super nice, yeah, super humble about, you know, their product and, and stuff. And yeah, good yeah. dudes. Yeah, for yep. sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, this year the, there was kind of a different vibe. This year than two years ago? A little bit. But see, I think a lot of that obviously is because of the pandemic and the supply chain. Yeah. And people were just getting out, you know, just 
getting out really yep. this year yeah. because everybody's been pent up. And I'll say this as far as off the beaten track a little bit, as far as travel and air travel goes, it's gotten to a point where it's just brought out the worst in people. Mm-hmm. So let's segue a second. Oh, let's. okay. Denver International Airport. <laughs> Hire a goddamn contractor. Y'all been working on that airport most of my adult life. We were there two years ago. Nothing's changed. The same barricades are up. The same stuff's roped off. They got plastic over the same area. Hire a legitimate, actual contractor, not a retired postal worker that's doing this on Tuesdays between 3.30 and 7. (laughs) This shit is ridiculous, man. You got to do like a figure eight to get from one place to the other. My fat ass does not walk that far. I don't like it. So I got two stories from Denver from the airport. Here it comes. Do tell. Both of them, fortunately, thanks to George, none of my lighters got nicked this year because we mailed them home. Yeah, thank you, George. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) I would have probably lost my shit this year if I'd have got pinched again. So... (laughs) So, I thought you were going to lose your shit when you realized that you couldn't walk through TSA pre. <laughs> so out of the four guys that rented a car together, I'm the only one that doesn't have TSA pre-board. I don't have it either. <laughs> yeah, but yours is on the way. Mine's on the way, yes. <laughs> so, so until you've experienced this, there's no way to adequately understand how shitty not having TSA pre is. <laughs> so George and Scott, they take about 50 steps up this line. Guy looks them up and down. Go ahead. <laughs> I have to go through this cattle call of a corn maze, literally the length of a football field. I get up in the line. I've got my shoes off everything out of my pockets belt off in the plastic bin it is going through the scanner i am the next one to get on the pad for them to scan and a guy like three four people back from me starts having an issue with a tsa guy in the line behind us and all i could think is dude shut the hell up just shut up until i can get my crap out of the scanner and get the hell out of here because you are about to piss this dude off, and every TSA within shouting distance is going to be clubbing you like a baby <laughs> seal, and I'm not going to be able to get my shit and get on my plane. <laughs> so, yeah, it's – and I mean, I get it. I know they're doing a job, but, man, that's that's a rough experience. Yeah. I just – I don't like to fly. I really I, I don't, don't like to fly now. So – I had a TSA. I'm not going to call it an issue because it was quite entertaining. Your life is quite entertaining. Well, yes. I didn't check any of my bags. I carried everything on board. So these guys went through a different lane than I did, a different uh, gate than I did, security checkpoint. So I get into this security checkpoint, and it moved really quickly. Ten minutes max, I'm through it. But it moved really quickly, ten minutes. When I get to the belt. So I get to the belt and, you know, I disrobe, put all my shit in a plastic bin. It goes through. I drop my, my suitcase on. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute uh, yeah, wait a minute. Uh, uh, yeah, you can't just define disrobe. Shoes, belt, wallet. 
Why the fuck you that's just not, say that's that? Not, that's yeah, not that's disrobing. not disrobe. Close enough. No, because no, if I don't, no, no, well, no, hang on, hang on. If you disrobe, I'm fine with the line I was in. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, if, if my belt's off for too long, you're going to see things you don't want to see. Okay? So did they let you go through out of pity? Yes. So I put my my carry on on the um, on the belt, right? And the TSA guy, white dude, looks at me and goes, "There's nothing in here that's surprising, is there?" I'm like, "Just cigars, man." He goes, "Well, you know, when you got a camo bag, you never know what's in there." I look look, dude, straight in there. I'm like, "Are you profiling me?" No, 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 no. I'm like, dude, I'm just messing with you. It's okay. My bag goes through the the scanner. And the guy that's standing behind the scanner is a little Asian dude, looks like a young George Takai. He looks over at me. He goes, this yours? Yeah. So he walks over, because I haven't gone through the metal detector yet. And he goes, is that full of cigars? And I'm like, yes, it is. What the hell was going on? I'm like, oh, big, big Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival over in Broomfield. He goes, you're about the fifth or sixth bag I've seen stuffed to the gills with nothing in it but cigars. I'm like, you'll see a lot of those. Yeah, we threw our clothes away. Yes. <laughs> I mean, friendly, both guys, really friendly, which is not normal for TSA. Normally, they've all got to stick up their ass. Wow. But, uh, well, they do. Sorry, Bruce. Wow, man. But he's retired. I know, man. Now. I was looking around for Cagney and Lacey this trip, man. I didn't see him. <laughs> but, two, uh, two years ago, it was rough. I thought I was going to get thrown to the ground, you know, patted down. But uh, Well, it's worse this year. And pretty much people who know me know what my bitch is about to be. No freaking alcohol on the flight. Oh, it must have killed you. And not only that. We're at the Denver airport two hours before our flight. There is a brewery. Yeah. That doesn't serve alcohol now. Yeah. I was like, what the what? hell? Can you, can you people maintain enough that guys like Scott and I can get a beer before we fly? Yeah. I got a You message. don't have to have 37 beers and be like peeing up and down the aisle of the airplane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, I got, manage your shit. I, I got a message for everybody out there. Act fucking right. Because apparently American Airlines isn't serving alcohol till November. And all the other airlines are following suit because you motherfuckers don't know how to act. <laughs> you get a couple, little bit of liquor in you. They tell you to put your mask on. And you're like, I don't have to do shit. Blah, blah, blah. They're taping you to the fucking seat. <laughs> and I can't get my rum and coke or my, you know, whatever alcoholic. Now, when I went to Cedar Rapids, it hadn't happened yet. So I'm very grateful for that because I would have been really angry in first class saying, what do you mean I don't get alcohol? It's the whole point of me getting first class. <laughs> wow. I want my champagne and lobster, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and lobster roll. Uh, before the podcast, these guys were giving me a ration of shit for my luggage. Do oh. anybody that buys luggage that you could trade in on new luggage is <laughs> that's a little bougie. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all on my wife, and I'm not complaining. I wouldn't I either if I was you. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know until like two hours ago. Yeah, when yeah, we were doing a whole bunch of traveling and it's like, 
hey, our luggage is looking a little worn and the wheels coming off and the zippers are acting right. So we went over to um, Samsonite and they said, oh, we'll buy back your luggage and sell you new luggage. You don't say. Hence, we got new luggage. Well, I think out of the group of us, the best packed one was George. That big carry-on, that's all he needed. Or big check bag, that's all he needed. Well, yeah. Well, see, the whole thing about that was I thought I was being a clever rabbit. And, hey, I just got carry-on in my backpack. That's all I need. I'm going to travel light. Yeah. Well, after the festival on Saturday, I wake up and I look at the um, chair that's next to me that's just piled with shit and i two had, and a half feet high with cigars boxes uh sample bags yeah i was just looking like dear god what have i done and don't you laugh because you fucker were with me at walmart and we picked up a couple of bags threw our clothes in it in the boxes and then threw all the loose cigars in our carry-on oh you guys weren't the only one i i ended up going to walmart before you guys did and got an extra carry-on just so we can take our cigars home because I, I I picked up boxes. I didn't pick up any sampler packs because the one of the places where I went, I didn't need, I didn't want the sampler packs. I just wanted boxes. Just give me the boxes. Give me the boxes. There you go. Besides, uh, um, what was it? Uh, Oscar didn't have any sampler packs when I went there. I don't think he even brought any. But I picked up. No. I picked up. They he did. They were gone. Oh, they were gone. Okay, because I, I picked, didn't see them. Because I they were there. Up, okay. I ended up picking up four boxes from Rocky two the night before, two there, and I could have gotten one of those little. I probably could have talked him into giving me one of those cases with the glasses and everything and the lighter, ah. the big ones, the one that I already, I already got a couple of years ago. Since I already had that, I didn't want that. But Okay, I got to say this about you, Roy. I was fucking impressed. You and your wife managed to get all your luggage and toiletries in one carry-on bag. We packed light. How in fuckville did you get all your shit in one carry-on? Well, because we it's not bougie. Uh, well, well, <laughs> actually, it was, it was two carry-ons. The cigars were in one carry-on. Uh, we also used our backpacks for the cigars as well. Uh, our clothes and stuff ended up in just our regular carry-on that we took with us. But we, we took two sets of clothes. The set we had on when we flew there, which was the jeans and T-shirt I had on when we left, and the clothes for the event, and that was it. And she was going, we're taking a check bag next time. I want more clothes with us. I'm like, yes, dear. <laughs> well, and, and so the last podcast, the three of us set goals of how many cigars we were going to bring home. I don't think either of you got even close to what you were going for. No comment, Senator. Yeah. No, and... That was what I was alluding to earlier about the vibe was different. Um, prices have gone up since two years ago. Yeah. And a lot of the vendors packed up a little bit early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By six o'clock, I mean, most it, of them had bumped out. So there wasn't the opportunity to get those into show deals like we did two years ago. So when when I did my original count, I was surprised and then it dawned on me that I didn't count any of the boxes I bought. So I'm at about 550 is where I'm at. Yeah, I haven't even bothered counting. Well, I'm probably in the neighborhood of, yeah. 550, 600. Yeah. Actual yeah. sticks? Yeah. Yeah. I came home with 780. 
Winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. year of the winner. Good I, for you. Because I had, fuck, 20, 40, 60, 20, yeah. Mine was six boxes plus the, the grab plus bag. bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that'll carry me through the winter. Yeah. You know, and uh, I can, well, if the, I can if hibernate the, with the sticks I have. If the camera monkey stays out of your humidor. I know. I'm going to have to start locking that up. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was the one time there we were all sitting there together. And, oh, Greg gets a phone call. It's Sebastian. Yes. You see this big old smile from ear to ear coming on Greg's face. I, I dropped all these guys like a hot rock. I'm like, peace. And I mean, he's off like a bat out of hell. <laughs> you know, I just won. Oh, that's yeah, right. We had, a, we had a couple of people here. The two, two of the people here actually won the drawings. Uh, each one of the separate vendors had a had a drawing there for prizes and everything like that. You won the Cavalier Prize. I won the Cavalier Prize, which was a box of 2021s. I'm sorry, Sebastian. I know nothing about them. You and I are going to have to talk about that. And an ashtray, beautiful Cavalier ashtray. Thanks to George, I got it home. Yeah, and George, you won. Who yeah, who's did you Arturo win? Arturo Frente. AJ uh, Fernandez. AJ Fernandez. Fuente AJ Fernandez. Yeah, the uh, humidor. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. What's so funny about that, guys, is Greg and I were talking in the hotel room how I'm gonna have to get another humidor, and he yeah. wins one. That yeah, works out. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it all in all, I mean, it, it it couldn't have couldn't have been any more fun. I don't think especially going with all these crazy guys. Cause it was just a good time. Yeah. Well, you know what our plan is for next year. Yep. And more we do cigars. have a plan. Yeah. More money next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I yeah. twist my mustache. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Caber toss. Caber toss. Caber toss. Caber toss guys. Caber toss. No. No. No caber toss? Drinking competition it is then. I'm looking at your little girly arms. Do you really think you can do a caber toss? No, no. I'm only having you and you and Roy are doing it. The rest of us are going to watch and cheer on. We're not stupid. Oh, well, no. Hey, no, no, no. What about that axe throwing shit? That could be fun. Yeah. I'd have to work on my axe throwing. Somebody suggested a cornhole game, and I'm like, nah. Okay. <laughs> When we were at dinner Friday night, a couple of people <laughs> had the privilege, and you got to be fucking hard up for sports at this point. <laughs> I would understand this during COVID because I actually found myself, for those of you who are familiar on HBO with um, John Oliver, funny little English guy, funny little bespeckled English guy, he wound up sponsoring a marble league. <laughs> where they were racing marbles on this racetrack. It is freaking hilarious. I found myself, you know, because there were no sports going on. I'm so hard up for sports. I'm laying in bed with my iPad watching marble competition going, oh, my God, the, the amazing yellows. I mean, I was just like, holy shit, they're going to win. No, no. It was like I was Jesus watching freaking NASCAR. Christ. <laughs> if this isn't a cry for help, I don't know what is. But well, anyway, hold well, on. Let me get back to this. Hold on. So anyway, I was kind of off the beaten track there. But Friday, a few people who were having dinner had the privilege of watching on TV cornholing. On ESPN, mind you. ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, thank God you and I had our backs to that TV, Scotty. I wanted no parts of that. And they were actually calling a play-by-play on cornholing. <laughs> what do you th- that, and you talk about the easiest sport in the world to commentate. <laughs> what do you think they're going to do, Scott? I think he's going to throw the bag towards that fucking board down there. <laughs> I'll be damned. That's what he did. The funniest part is knowing is Larry knowing exactly how far away these people have to stand from the cornhole board to be able to drop that in there. Dude, I made that shit up. I know. I figured. <laughs> I was gonna say work. you it's were in the bar work. business. Of course, you know. You had to set it up every morning. No, no, dude, they didn't have car- cornhole back then. I know. I'm fucking. We with still you. had live darts, man. They didn't even have the plastic tip machines back then. You got steel fucking darts. Yes. That's what scared the shit out of me when they came out with this axe throwing thing. With alcohol, too. Dude, a buddy of mine put in one of these axe things down in San Diego. He tells me a couple years ago, right? Right before COVID. He tells me what he's doing. I'm like, are you serious right now? He goes, what? I go, you're going to have a full alcohol bar and give people axes. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, man. I've checked it out. It's great. Great venue. I want you to just hand them a handgun when they come through the door. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, guys, we need to give a big shout-out to uh, Havana Cigar Lounge. Oh, Havana Manor. Yeah, Havana, Havana Manor. Manor. I was yeah. going to get there. What did you two think? We've all been there. Nice place. I Very think nice it was place. awesome. And those uh, yardsticks we got from uh, the Lumberjacks. The Lumberjack, yeah. It's a 40, a 40 by 7. It's not the traditional Lancero, but it's close enough. And... It's an amazing stick for eight bucks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're gonna have to do a cigar exchange because I want to try one of those. Okay, yeah. yeah, I I should have bought some more of their jumbos. They're great big ones, um, six and a half by fifty. Yeah, um, that was an excellent stick too, and I think that was eight, maybe nine dollars at the most. But no, great place, real comfortable. Yeah. I mean, uh, they had really, I mean, a, a huge amount of comfortable chairs. Oh yeah. So it wasn't crammed at all in the least. Even when we went Friday after lunch and there was a huge contingent of folks who were going to be attending the um, festival the next day. And it was still plenty of room for everybody. I mean, yeah. it wasn't the um, standard, you know, lawn or deck chair. I mean, you had nice, beautiful leather chairs. Just like these in. two here. Yes. Yeah. So also, you, shout out to D and D Pizza. Yes, yes, we've eaten there twice. You know, two year, two trips in a row now. Uh, great pizza, got beers on tap. Uh, they were a little shorthanded when we went in there, but didn't stress the guy out. He was, uh, he was just motoring through, got yeah. us handled. So we appreciate that. Greg, what was the name of that place we went to dinner Saturday night? Uh, Hop and pops. Uh, Hop and tops or Hop and pops? Pop. P O P S. Hop and pop. Hop and pop. Another sensational place. Great food. Yeah. Bar and grill, um, great fish and chips, um, amazing clam chowder. Oh, yeah. Clam chowder was great. And those rib tips you had? Rib tips were great. Mac and cheese was great. So, yeah, that was that was a good meal, good service. Yeah. So, Sam and I'll have to go. Oh, another shout out, out to PJ's where we've had breakfast. Yes, yes. PJ's oh, yeah. Diner. Ooh. And in case you guys haven't figured out from watching these videos, sorry, it's five fat guys on this podcast. If we're recommending something to eat, you know it's a good place to go. And that's a, that's a little travel tip for y'all. If you get to a city you've never been and you're not sure what's going on, you're hungry, ask a fat guy where to eat. <laughs> we know. Yes, we do. Amen to that, There's a brother. reason why we're round. But, you know, but like PJ's, too, I was talking to the waiter and the owner. It's all handmade, all made from scratch. Yeah. 
and her bacon that was so thick, like you were commenting on. <laughs> oh, here we go with the bacon thing again. It was, go ahead. It was nice and thick, but she orders these special cuts, and she goes to wherever the butcher is and picks it out. Yeah, that's a yeah. It's food was great, service was good. So yeah, we uh, we were we did really well as far as uh, our offsite, you know, ventures this trip yes. i don't mm-hmm. think we had a bad experience at all not so. at all so so for next year um if you're listening to this make plans to attend the rocky mountain cigar festival usually the tickets go on sale around march february or march but it's all going to depend on the pandemic again this year so we'll see what happens i think i think it'll happen i think this is going to no be it'll there. happen it's just whether they put their their tickets on sale in February, March, just like they usually do, or May, like they did this year. We'll we'll see. True, true. but uh, the other the other thing I'd highly recommend is pick your hotel wisely, um, because if you can stay at the Omni, great. Um, it's very convenient to be able to have a room to go up to. But there there's like, you know, all roads are named either Interlochen or Flatiron, and there's hotels on a lot of them over there, and it's all good places to stay. Unless you get two queens in a pullout. <laughs> Refer to episode two. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's expand on that a little bit. If you drink like I drink, the Omni is a must for you to stay. Yes. A bit of that, brother. So, because I can crawl to an elevator. <laughs> you almost did. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, he was good. He was just a chatty Kathy. So it was minimal management. <laughs> But uh, minimal management. Yeah, there's there's some great hotels right around the area. Bob and uh, Lewis stayed off site, just what five minutes away. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were uh, at the residence in. Yeah, so no, for sure. And you know, you guys stick with us because we're going to be. This is we've got a lot of material to cover from uh, from people we met, people we talked to, Without a cigars doubt. that we bought. Um, we've made a lot of commitments to people, so. Uh, we're definitely going to reach out, uh, reach out to all of you. Just bear with us, and we'll get you on the program. In fact, um, before we wrap up here, the next episode we record, um, Brian, who is the international sales rep for Illusion, is going to be live here at Tobacco Republic with us to do a recording for that next podcast. So we bring you Illusion as our next venture. My favorite. Yep. yep. So... Starting with Roy, final thoughts on that stick you got going on there? Uh, the Old World Reserve Maduro. It's classic Maduro. All the flavors you want from Maduro, you're going to get it. Great construction, as ever, with Rocky. That's one of the things he prides himself on, as well as a good blend of cigar. He's got impeccable tobacco. It's a great, it's a great stick. Uh, I smoke this a lot. It's, it just happens to be one of the cigars that I got uh, from uh, from Rocky at from the Rocky Patel booth over there because it came in those see that little uh, little orange rimmed box right there it's a little travel humidor was one of the things that we got from them if you bought a couple boxes it was in there I've got one sitting on the couch back over there and that's where I pulled it from it's one of the many cigars he has in there I had sent he had ten different cigars in there all of them are good cigars this is no exception yep George. This is one fantastic. I love Rocky Patel ever since I've been coming here. Uh, you can't go wrong with it. It's nice and smooth all the way through. The tobacco is nice and aged, and you can't go wrong with it. Larry? 
same uh, same feeling with a Camacho, uh, and it's the reason that's one of my go to sticks. If I'm not really sure, you know, how I'm feeling, what I want, I know if I get a Camacho, I'm going to be happy with it. You know, the flavor, the construction, you know, how it burns. There's, it's always a good stick. So, yeah, there it is. There, Mr. Robinson. I got to tell you. <clears throat> Again, if you've listened to these podcasts, I am a lover of the Nicaraguan leaf, um, Placentia, Illusion, um, specifically this Placentia is just incredible. Um, I got, I cut my teeth in on the Placentia 146, and that was a fantastic cigar. This year, I got something out of the Almafuerte um, collection, and it has not disappointed. It's a wonderful taste. Um, as far as, um, you know, being real specific to the taste, it's just a crisp, clean taste. And I know that's kind of complicated because you're talking, you know, coffee and nuts. I'm not getting the nut taste, but um, I am getting hints of coffee. But it's just a wonderful smoke. I mean, anything from the Placentia line. I got like three boxes because, again, like I said, you know, Nicaraguan leaf, you cannot go wrong. Yep. Looks like it's been burning really even, too. It's burned real even, and I don't want people, if you, you know, want to take a close-up of it or look at it, and you see there's, you know, looks like it's cracking. That's not because of um, Placentia. That's because before the podcast, um, it, it fell off the ashtray and hit the floor. So. Tobacco abuse. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, I'm still smoking it, which tells you something. Yep. And, you know, for me, the Sumatra, it is it is my go-to out of the Rocky, the Edge Line. It's just, it's a great budget cigar when when you want something quick and clean that you know you're going to enjoy so it, it just can't be beat by the way yeah on your one to take your ass to flavor country where are we ranking that cigar scott 13.7 <laughs> oh motherfucker i'm at city hall in flavor country nice uh, i am at i'm in the center of town where they have that white gazebo in the park uh, brass band playing oh yeah 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 this, this is truly yeah this this is all up in the middle of flavor country nice <laughs> well with that looks like my smoke's coming down to the nub and the scotch glass is empty so i think it's about that time i want to thank everybody out there um thank our audience and thank the folks who um we met at the festival and our guest as well, Roy Bokerman and George Noop. And on behalf of Greg and Larry and myself, thank you for listening. Check us out at LumaCigarCartel.com. We have a newly constructed website. I think you're going to love it. Like and share us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Don't be a stranger. Drop us a line and let us know you guys are out there. I'm Scott Robinson. And on behalf of all of us here at Beyond the Humidor, we look forward to chatting with you on the next episode. But until then, take care, stay healthy and safe, and good smoke, good drink, and good life.